Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In the cold winter of 1989, a Sabat pack who has suffered an immeasurable loss is given an ultimatum. Go to the Twin Cities of Minnesota, investigate why a deeply embedded pack has stopped reporting back, or meet their final death. This is Vampire the Masquerade, Twin Cities by Night, Sorrow, a tale of loss and regret that follows the Sabat pack known as the Nothing. Join us with Becca playing Linda, a Milkavian anti-tribute, Craig playing Jake, a pander, Jordan playing Abigail, a Ravenous anti-tribute, Monica playing Jenny, a Shimizi, and Slavic playing Charlie, a Bruja anti-tribute, and Chris as the storyteller. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter, at twin underscore cities underscore btm or on facebook and discord as twin cities by night we hope you enjoy hello everyone and welcome to vampire the masquerade twin cities by night sorrow i just want to give a quick little introduction of what we'll be doing in the story and then introduce you all to the players and then after that what we're going to be doing is creating their characters and then doing a narrative background so you guys can see their motivations and what led to where the story's going to kick off. So Sorrow is going to be a tale that tells the story of a Sabat pack that is sent into the Twin Cities to investigate something. We'll get into the details later about that. It takes place in the winter of 1990. And so we're doing a little bit kind of like what we did with Ghoul's Fatal Addiction servitude where we're going to tell a little bit more of the story but from a different perspective and from the past events that have happened before the story that you all are used to that you probably heard before for those of you who may not have heard any of the vampire the masquerade twin seas by night stories beforehand you can find them in our stories of negligence homecoming dread and our ghouls fatal addiction story servitude and you also can find a little sidetrack that's also tied to the continuity in vampire the masquerade wars by night so some of the themes and tones that i hope to cover here in this story is themes of loss, mental illness, depression. I want to really go for that first, second edition vibe of personal horror, the kind of like the grittier black and white. When I say gritty, I don't mean like, you know, edge lore type stuff. I just mean more of a somber story, kind of somewhat inspired by like early Poppy Z Bright fiction and some early like Clive Barker horror fiction there. Just a little warning though to people who may be listening, and I've already talked to the players about this beforehand, is that there's going to be some mature topics that are dealt with here that may strike home to some people who deal with real life issues. I hope to shed light and treat them with the respect that they deserve. I've also, like again, warned the players, and of course to the players who are listening, if ever you do feel uncomfortable with anything that's talked about here, you can always let us know, let me know in the chat box, and we we can fade to black there. But again, my my purpose here isn't to make anyone uncomfortable is to to tackle some serious subjects here that i haven't really been able to tackle in any of the other vampire masquerade games that i have ran all right so before we continue on i'd like to introduce the players real quick so they can just get say hello and just so you can know who who is the ensemble here that we have first we have craig say hello craig hello everyone <laughs> some of you may know craig from such games as our Scion miniseries and our Scion Chronicle we have going on. Craig has also ran some one-shots for us in Call of Cthulhu. And he, this is the first time that he actually will get to play in something that is part of the Vampire the Masquerade continuity that we have. And also our Chronicles of Darkness Inferno story temptation. Our next player is going to be Slavic. What's up, Slavic? Hello. How you uh, doing? Good. How you doing, brother? Long road we've traveled together. Slavic's a day one roll dog was here back when before we were even an actual play. So it's cool to have him back in here. Bringing a little bit of that that Twin Seas by Night vampire knowledge. He's the one who's going to make sure that shit stays right here. doesn't stray off path. You know, he's a, our little, well, I don't know what the term is for it. So he's a rules lawyer. Rules lawyer. There we go. <laughs> then we have one of our newer players, Jareen. Hello. She is newer here. She actually has played in a couple of our Eclipse Phase one shots that you should have heard by the time this is released, and one that is currently going on. So it was awesome to have her here in her years of experience in role playing. It is awesome. Then we have Becca, the epic botch madame here who has played in a bunch of stuff i can't think of awesome names for everyone you got it is on you all as players to come up with your own one-liners like your wrestling stars it's not on me but hello becca hello for all you who may not know becca just wrestled a bear and made some pies beforehand so yes she's the alaskan goddess here representing and then we have monica what is up monica one of our newer members also hello listeners 
Monica, for those of you who don't know, is pretty active in our Discord. She is also one of our newer members here. And I'm really excited to have people who were listeners who enjoyed our stuff now being able to contribute to the Twin Cities by Night continuity. So it's really awesome. So let's go ahead and jump into the character creation here. So what we're going to do is first, I'm going to just ask each player and I'll, I'll bring it up to them about like what their character's name is and what their characters like kind of like just a quick synopsis. We're not going to go too far into the weeds quite yet. We may delve into it, but a quick synopsis of who they are as a moral before they were embraced. So let's start with you, Craig. Tell me about your character. I'm going to be playing a character named Jake Berenger. Jake is a Cincinnati, Ohio native who has moved to New York in order to study architecture at the Pratt Institute. He lives with his wife uh, and they have a, a young child together. They're living in a really shitty apartment. Jake goes to school during the day, bartends at night at a club just to try to keep the bills paid. They're really hoping for like him to get a job um, after his architecture uh, schooling is done. It's one of those sensitive, good-looking type guys that lends really well to being a bartender, especially in New York. He's what I would call Midwest handsome, like light brown hair, kind of like a uh, like a permanent five o'clock shadow on him, skinny, tall. He's just trying to put in the, the work. He enjoys uh, music quite a bit and you know, he's all around a pretty nice guy. Awesome. Awesome. We'll delve more into his past as we continue on. And how about you, Slavic? Let's in- introduce your character to us. All right. So the character that I'll be playing is Charlie Allen. And he's the sort of guy who got kicked out of his parents' home when he was 18. And ever since then, he was just sort of drifting through life, you know, did some drugs here, did some drugs there, could never really keep a job for long. And basically going through life without any sort of point or aim. And after that, well, <laughs> the rest will be we'll told. <laughs> so what does Charlie look like? Like uh, what, what, what are his features like? I feel like he's like in his thirties, but he looks like he's in his forties, you know, just from all like doing shitty jobs and drugs and stuff like that. And he's, just, I'd say like he's, pr- he looks pretty strong and, like a Caucasian male, probably like black hair. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Jareen, well, tell me about uh, your character a little bit. I'll be playing Abigail Brown today, and uh, she is a university student from the University of Albany. She is studying linguistics and cognitive science over there. She moved around a lot when she was younger, so she doesn't really come from anywhere, really, before settling down in the university. Um, she has brown hair, brown eyes. She's quite a bubbly 21-year-old. That degree program she she got into, can you explain that a little bit? I'm just curious as uh, I know linguistics, but the cognitive behavior, or can you break that down a little bit? Like what exactly that is? Yeah. So basically what it is in, as far as I get it, and as far as I'm going to play it, is what well, she knows a lot about languages and about how languages are used to communicate with people. That's really amazing. No, no, for real. That's like something that, that, has unlimited potential in the story that really revolves around communicating and, and politics. And, oh, okay, that's really awesome. I was just curious about that. I learned something new every day. Thank you, Vampire the Masquerade. Join. what does she look like? Uh, you said she's 21, but uh, like, what are some other features that she has? Yeah, so she is of average height. She has brown hair, brown eyes, pale skin. Well, just normal pale skin, not vampire pale. Awesome, awesome. All right, uh, what about you, Becca? Let's go ahead and introduce us to your character. I'm playing Linda Holt, and she is a counselor that lives in New York. She's married, she's 34 years old, but she really focuses a lot on her clientele. Uh, Her passion is taking care of people and helping them through their problems. She's on the shorter side. She's about 5'4", with longish, blonde, messy, I'm thinking messy, kind of big from the, the 80s. And she's got those big honking glasses. I, I am a fan. My mom had big honking glasses and big blonde 80s hair. So like, I'm a huge fan of that. So way to go. That's exactly what I was like. Yeah. You just know what I'm talking about when I said the big glasses from the 80s. Exactly. And I love that you do that. And I am seriously let down on people playing male characters who don't have a thick mustache because you fail because it's 80s and it's supposed to have a thick mustache. But I don't know. Maybe you can grow one before you're embraced. I'm joking. All right. So let's go ahead. And Monica, tell us a little bit about your character. All right, I will be playing Jenny Shu. 
Jenny Shu is about 5'4". She has long, straight, poker straight, thick brown hair to her mid-back, which she normally keeps up in a messy bun. Her backstory is she was in college. She was looking to get a bachelor's in sports medicine and start a career with usually softball. It was a sport that she was the most into. So she was in school, but unfortunately she got pregnant and had to quit. She became a stay-at-home mom while her significant other continued with his degree and eventually became the breadwinner of the household. So she feels a sense of failure because she could not continue with her degree. And when she tried a second time to go back to school, her husband wanted another child. So she got pregnant again around the age of 25. After her second child was born, she became a little chubbier than she would have liked. And because her metabolism was starting to slow down with age, she got very self-conscious about it and developed an extremely unhealthy relationship with food in her body. From diet pills to binging and purging and eventually anorexia, she became obsessed due to her family's culture with maintaining a slim physique Due to her life feeling out of control in general, with the hectic life hold of being a stay-at-home mom and feeling the failure of not being able to complete her degree, her body is the one thing that she kind of feels she has some sort of control over. And that's where we'll leave off with her. God damn. But yeah, for that's that's good. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So since we all have your concepts there, which is really cool, and I'm really interested in diving into these characters later on, we'll get more into the narrative side. Let's jump into the fun side that everyone wants to know with vampires. Like, what clan are you going to be? So let's go ahead and start with Craig, your character, Jake. What clan is he going to be? Not that not that Jake really knows what it is, but he's a caitiff. Some people might call it pander. He doesn't really know enough about, or won't know enough about um, vampire society to even know what that means. He just knows that some people, it's a big deal. Apparently, other people keep chiming in that it'd be a bigger deal if uh, those Camarilla fucks got a hold of them. So you should be happy where you are. Awesome. So we have one Katif, a.k.a. Pander in Denial. Uh, next, let's go ahead and talk about Slavic. What, your, what is your clan is Charlie going to be? Bruja, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, Charlie's just going to have even more bad luck uh in his life and he's gonna get the clans uh, the clan that just well has a bit a bit of a problem you know with their temper there's nothing wrong with the clan that has impulse issues with a guy who has impulse issues nothing back can right. go there you know nothing yeah no that's completely normal <laughs> all right jorian what is abigail gonna be when it comes to her clan abigail is gonna turn out to be become a Refnos. Nice. A Ravenos Antitribu. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. We should be saying Antitribu at the end of Bruja and Ravenos, but that is awesome. I'm really excited for that. We have some interesting concepts that we kind of like hashed out maybe that we're going to show later on for those of you who have been listening to our past stuff before. Now, Becca, let's talk about your character. What clan is Linda going to be? She is a Malkavian Antitribune. Which, interesting enough, for those of you listening to Twin Cities by Night may not know, we have never had a Malkavian player in any of our games here. Becca is the first Malkavian in our group. So, all right. So Monica, let's talk about Jenny. Tell me about what clan Jenny's going to be. Of course, she's going to be the one and only Samithi. Yes. The flesh crafters, the bone crafters, the best Sabat clan. <laughs> the, the And just the, the concept with the concept that you have. I got a feeling I'm going to be getting rather uncomfortable at times with this. So it's going to be really, really cool and, and awesome. So now we have everyone, please annotate on your sheets what clan that you have decided to go with there. And then, so the, for the pack name, I'm going to be choosing the pack name. And the reason why I'm going to be choosing the pack name here is because the story, for those of you who are going to, you're going to find out later on, is going to resolve around the fact that this pack has recently become leaderless, meaning that their ductus and their priest is no longer part of the pack. And we'll go into the details of that later. But the pack is called The Nothing. That is the name of your pack, The Nothing. So please write that down on your sheet. That is a little homage to a couple things. Points to anyone who may be able to recognize it and can let us know in one of our social medias. And you'd be awesome if you knew. So next, let's talk about our nature demeanor. For those of you listening who may not be aware, nature is how you really feel or your true character. And demeanor is how you portray yourself to the world. So let's go ahead and talk to Craig here and find out what Jake's nature and demeanor is. Jake's nature is going to be penitent. Um, he feels that maybe he's punished 
being punished by some higher power or cursed or damned. And he somehow needs to figure out how to write that. And maybe this continued existence is some sort of penance for something he did wrong or something someone else did wrong. And he's just the uh, pariah that needs to suffer for it. His demeanor, on the other hand, is survivor. He appears to the outsiders who don't really know him, that he's just doing whatever he can to get along, which includes joining and staying with a Sabbat pack. Now, the nature I really find fascinating. I don't think I've ever play, had a character play with that nature. Is it that you actively seek to find what injustice or what wrong was committed that led you to be in a prior or is it something that you know that you're constantly trying to make up for or is it something that you have just accepted that for whatever reason you are cursed and and now you are living with it i think it's more the second one he's cursed he's living with it at some point um, he probably tried um, like praying some sort of witch doctor stuff he might have read about in a book at some point just to figure out uh, like what can he do to get out of this condition and based off like the the story premise like he probably feels that uh, like he'd probably be better off committing basically suicide but let's just say that there's uh the blood uh bonds him to his pack and like he just can't do it so that you know those that nature and demeanor i find can be just off the top of my head right now it seemed to be like something that could be very easily intertwined you know the fact that someone feels like they're cursed and they're living this existence but depending on the perspective and the angle that you look at them they could be seen as someone who's surviving you know and who's like pushing through and trying to survive this bleak thing and i think that's really interesting that the valdery is the only thing that really is keeping your character going right now and keeping that that weird sense of purpose during this so that's awesome yes i'm, I'm very interested to see how high and for whom it is yeah yeah for sure or the reverse who may have high valdery roles for you and right. may see the true pain that you're in and may have to interact with that and that's the awesome magical thing i think about sabat games that a lot of people don't realize is that these forced intertwined relationships that you normally wouldn't have in a, Cam- a camarilla game all right so let's go ahead uh slavic tell us about charlie's nature and demeanor please well, i'll start with his demeanor and his demeanor is monster people see him reveling in his power or in in himself and uh, the way he behaves to others can often lead them to think like he enjoys hurting them but his nature is actually masochist he likes to push himself he likes to push his boundaries so like even when he did drugs as a mortal it was all about how much he could do how much he could push himself is that drug it's like everything in his life revolves around this okay so has he replaced that drug addiction now with the with the masochism that you have that that you that your condition it's basically like uh it's seeing how far he can go like and the consequences of his actions like if those consequences catch up to them, it's almost like seeing what happens if, let's say, I kill this cop's kid in front of him and he comes after me. Maybe he shoots me, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll suffer for it. But it's interesting to see what actually happens. Was he like this as a growing up? Was that part of his reason when he was growing uh, up? Like he... I think it was like just through his fucked up life. It's how he sort of turned out. Hmm. And then like uh, with the beast and everything, it just became worse. Yeah. It's almost like an analytical approach that he seems to have too. Yeah. You know, like, like what does a lead to B lead to C kind of thing. And I mean, that very well could be portrayed as a monster that someone's seen someone doing stuff like that. Yeah, this, I mean, it's very close. Yeah, it is very close. These, these, it's funny. Cause you two have chosen already like two things that are like very easily could be mixed up and I've never really, you know, put much thought. And, and, and to be honest with you, I think that nature and demeanor is often two traits that people really don't put much thought into in the game sometimes. But if you really sit there and look at it, it has a huge impact on how your character is, I'd say more so than most other traits. So Jorian, let's talk about Abigail's nature and demeanor. So her demeanor will be the child because she comes across as very ignorant and not knowing what she's actually doing. and just a little bit too happy sometimes while actually she's more of a chameleon so her nature will be chameleon and she was just trying to adapt more oh nice so you, the the chameleon 
aspect of it is the fact that you, you're saying she acts somewhat childish because it's her way of dealing with her condition. And we're going to talk about your clan weakness here in a little bit. Exactly. I don't want to quite give it away now. I want to explain it when we get to the narrative part, but it's your way of dealing with the condition. So people may see you and may think you're immature at how you're acting, which is kind of funny too, with the twist of this is a professional. I mean, even though you're 21, you have this very complicated degree, you know, that took, that is not one that hair twisting airhead would be able to go through college and get. And so I think that's a, it's a, it's an awesome trope that you see sometimes in a horror movie. You know what I mean? The one who doesn't want to accept that quite what they are and who tries to fight against it. So that's really awesome. I like hearing that. So Becca, let's talk about Linda's nature and demeanor here. If you could, please. I'm going to describe what I'm trying to go for. I tend to have issues with the nature and demeanor and like making, like finding the right words to fit what I'm thinking. She's, she still carries much that taking care of people. She cares a lot about people with her, but with the change specifically, her demeanor changes and it's one that's more like she's, she's capped by her curse. So she really cares about a lot of people or cares about people a lot, but she has a hard time being able to communicate that. So I I think her nature would be the caregiver. Yeah. But I'm having a hard time picking an appropriate demeanor to go with it. Go Craig actually brought up a good one as well. Visionary, seeing beyond uh, the mundane focus. Ooh, dude, I didn't even see that on the list. Like, I yeah. like that one. See that? That's. I think that's a good fit. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she- I definitely see that working to clarify. Uh, so her nature is going to be caregiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the part that she has a hard time showing other people, yeah. and then her demeanor is going to be more of that visionary. Awesome. People see the the weirdness that goes on with her, but yeah, and that's what she's better able to communicate. I like that. That's awesome, and I think that's going to be so tortured. That has to be like you go from being like this person whose like sole purpose was to heal people to now you can't even like really double entendre of a curse right there. It's just man, it's horrible. Vampires a mean game. All right, Monica, let's tell us about Jenny's nature and demeanor. All right, for nature, I have chosen martyr. I was kind of conflicted between that one and caregiver due to her having kids and her whole stay-at-home mom occupation. But I've decided on martyr because I figured she's the type of person that just gives and gives and gives and will just give you everything until nothing is left. Demeanor, this one is going to be something that I want you to give me input on, Chris. I was tied up between curmudgeon and creep show. Curmudgeon just, you know, being the negative Nancy type, but creep show due to her appearance, liking the shock of people seeing how she can change her body towards the more grotesquely thin. So I don't know if that's something that we can consider. Yes. I I mean, it's your character and for sure. I think the to me, the creep show one, I think sounds very powerful, not, not so much for the shock value, but for the, the way that it's her way of showing that she has control of her life now. I mean, unfortunately she was bulimic in her real life because there's a way that she felt she had control of everything with the kind of like feeling pressured to have her kids, especially the second one, you know, and having to give away her career yeah. and her education. And I could see that creep show almost being like, I control who I am now. I control how I look now. No one else controls that. And it's just, rather than being like a negative Nancy. Yeah, that's what I was going for. I just didn't know if that would work with what you had going. But Creepshow is definitely oh. what I feel for her since, you know, her life is out of control. The one thing she's always felt she's had control of is her appearance, mm-hmm. the Creepshow. And now that, you know, what she's been told all her adult years is unhealthy and not a good look, she's embracing it now with that. Yeah. And it's and it's this, I, I mean, I'm sure... I, I don't know every like single sh- shimaze like concept that's been out there, but I mean, I do personally think that the shimaze of like, look at me, I got horns on my forehead and I got, you know, <laughs> da 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 has been played to death. And I love seeing like fresh takes on, you know, if it's not you with the bulimic, it's the Cora from Wars on Fire, you know what I mean? Like where you don't see yes. this huge monstrosity walking around with a pet vivagog or whatever they call those things on a leash behind them. <laughs> it's like awesome to see these like really uh, powerful displays. So yeah. That, that that's awesome that works so again everyone make sure to please write those down on your character sheets and annotate them on whatever way that you are annotating them we are not going to do path of enlightenments all right so everyone's starting off on humanity sorry but you guys are still new to this whole gig you don't get path of enlightenments yet who knows what the future may hold if these characters are ever used again if i don't kill you off so next we are going to talk about attributes 
it says here, a player receives seven points to distribute among his character's primary attributes, five points for his secondary attributes, and three points for his his third set of attributes. Basically, I'm going to have you guys do that when you are all done, and you can let me know in the chat box, and then I'll go ahead and we'll go and talk about what you did. Don't feel rushed. Do what you got to do. Remember, if you have one that is four or more, you have to uh, put it in a specialty. So make sure that you do that. All right, Jake. So what did you choose, Jake, as your primary group of attributes? So I, I'm i willingly making a non-optimal character, but oh. I went with uh, social as my primary attribute category and mental being secondary and physical as tertiary. All right. So go ahead and read off what your ratings are after you add to the initial one dot that you have in all of them. Okay, so for physical, I just did twos across the board, strength, dex, stamina. He's not really like a physical guy. Like he, his working out consists of walking to the bar and back because like it's New York. Why bother have a car? So, but he's, he's a youngish guy, like 24-ish appearance. So he got a late start in college, but he's, he's young enough that his, uh, his, his genes, um, are able to keep up with them and keep them looking at least an average state of physical being. As far as his social attributes, I'm go. I put four into charisma, or three into charisma for a total of four. Two into manipulation. He's not that manipulative. Like his manipulation is, is goes as far as kind of tell people want what they want to hear in order to you know get a bigger tip. And four into appearance for his. His specialties, uh, charisma, he's a smooth talker. He can uh, basically talk people and do things that uh, they normally wouldn't want to do or encourage them to, you know, give him a tip. Basically, that's like, and his wife is very um, um, well aware that um, he there's some amount of professional flirting that he needs to do in order to pay the bills. Appearance specialty, I went for what I call Midwest hot because it fit inside the... <laughs> the blank i like that i like that no it's cool that's a that's an awesome one midwest hot so that's cool very good and what about your mental group then perception he i went with a total of three uh same for intelligence and a two in wits he's a rather perceptive person and he's you know smart enough to get into college he has a keen eye for details and you know he's he's smarter than the average bear but he's like not too bright when it comes to like streetwise and stuff like that or thinking things, making quick decisions. You know, and I would even counter your, your statement about not making the, I forgot the term you exact about your character, where I think social traits can be very helpful in a vampire game, especially, you know, where you have to communicate and learn how to manipulate people. And I think it's often forgotten about even on my end sometimes probably, you know, so maybe that's one thing that we can work on in this game here is explore some of that. Right. I'm, I'm just saying, cause we're playing a, a, a Sabat game and a lot of those like tend to get messier quicker. We're playing sad boy Sabat here. We're, we're starting yeah. a new trend of Sabat here. Sad boy Sabat. So it's all good, man. <laughs> all right. So Charlie, tell us about where you put your points and how they all laid out. Well, Charlie being the guy that probably spent his entire life uh, working with his hands, put his primary in physical. His secondary went to mental purely because I don't feel like he's that much of a social person which is why social is a tertiary for him. And mental also governs like his very introspective types of things he does. So for physical, I went four points in strength with property destruction as my specialty. Love it. Love it. Just because it's still a Sabat game, still going to be property destroyed and someone's got to do it. Like, I'm going to fucking do it. Goddamn come hell or high water. I'll tell you what. <laughs> three points of dexterity, three points in stamina. Now, the second uh, secondary is mental. Three points in perception, two points in intelligence. You know, he didn't really have that much education. I assume he re- likes to read, but he never really had the money for college or anything like that. And three points in wits. Then we go to social, two points in charisma, three points in manipulation, and one point in appearance because, well, 
dude just doesn't look good. <laughs> he looks he's he's 30 and looks 40. Just doesn't look good. I got it. Life's been hard on him though, man. For real. You know, yeah. like the what you describe will fuck up how you look. Like the pre-meth, post-meth pictures that you always see online, you know, like it's 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 a it's a truth. All right, let's talk about Abigail. How did you lay out your points and what did they, how do they fall down? Uh, I see Abigail as a quite social bird. So I put her primary as social. And of course, she went to college. She went through university. So mental is her second and physical is her tertiary. So let's start there. I put one in strength, three in dexterity. And well, I put two extra dots in dexterity and one extra dot in stamina. So that's now one, three, two. For mental... I have two in perception, three in intelligence, two in wits, and then I ended up for social with four in charisma, two in manipulation. I don't see her as really manipulative and four in appearance for charisma. She has a certain charm about her, so she's charming in her own way Mm. and she's generally beautiful. So her appearance is beautiful. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. So then what about Linda? How did her stats all lay out? So Linda went mental primary, followed by social as a secondary and physical as tertiary. I felt like that was really appropriate because being a counselor, she is learned. Maybe she was even going back to school some more to get a further degree and get better at what she does. And then with social, it just made sense. Like she needs to be a kind of a people person. So with mental, I went uh, perception. I put three dots for a total of four with the specialty being insightful. Oh, I like that, especially with the demeanor. Exactly, exactly. I just felt like that really pairs well with her. Intelligence, I put two dots for a total of three, and wits is also two dots for a total of three. Uh, With social, I went charisma, two dots, so for a total of three. Uh, Manipulation, I, I put one extra dot in it, but I might like switch my appearance and my manipulation because I feel with a counselor, you're like, you kind of have to lead people to a certain conclusion, have them come up with them- themselves. So hmm. it makes sense that she would have that skill. Yeah. That's an interesting take on it too, because it's not like a deceptive form of manipulation, but it's, you are making, guiding people against kind of against their will, manipulating them into like seeing the right path for themselves or, or, or angles yeah. they need to take. Yeah. And, and with you saying more that more, I'm like, yeah. So that manipulation okay. will have two dots in it for a total of three and appearances, a total of two dots. And then physical is just two, 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 keeping I, it very balanced. All right. So Monica, uh, tell us about how your stats all ended up laying out there. Okay. You'll have to tell me if I'm doing this right. I went from my primary of being physical. I put one in strength, four in dex, and two in stamina. Nice. So you got a five and, of Dex and two and straight. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And I'm thinking she's going to be athletic. Okay. Yeah. I like that. As far as social, I didn't add anything into charisma. So it's just the one I figure she's not much. <clears throat> she's used to being at home. She's not very charismatic. Manipulation. I put three dots in there for a total of four and appearance just kept it at the one, you know, the way she's looking, it's not really her forte. And that's her tertiary. Her secondary would be mental. I put two in perception and three in wits. So do you need a specialty for wits? Is that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you'll have a specialty. And how specialties work, for those of you who may not be familiar with the revised system, is basically if you roll a 10, like let's say if I have you do a wits and alertness. And your wit specialty is, uh, I, I can't think of anything. They have some examples in the book. But let's say uh, notice the unknown or, or hearing intently or something to that extent, right? And I'm having you roll and you're like, hey, is this something that's involved? Like me noticing something with my hearing? I'd be like, yeah. And so that means if you roll the 10, you could re-roll that 10 again to see if you got another success. So that's mm. what specialties are for. It's like a little perk for showing that you, you know, on a scale of one to five, that's how attributes and skills are rated, right? One being kind of one and two being average, three being like pretty good and four and five are like friggin' excellent. So that's a little perk of having four dots and something is you get a specialty that allows you to reroll tens. If you awesome. um, I'm going to make her quick, quick with it. Oh, I like that. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Awesome. That's good. That's a perfect one right there. So I know you guys have all written those down. So uh, go move on to the next step here real quick. So the next part is selecting abilities. You have three categories, talent, skills, and knowledges. They are 13, 9, and 5, but you cannot put more than three dots in any of them. 
So unlike your abilities where you could, excuse me, unlike your attributes where you could have four or more, you can only have up to three dots in something for your abilities. Again, your one is going to have 13. The other is going to have nine. The other is going to have five. When you're done, please let me know in the chat box and we will discuss those. All right. So let's go ahead and Jake, tell us what you chose as your primary, secondary, and your third one, and then how you distributed your points into that. All right. I basically went down the line. Talents is primary skills, secondary, and tertiary knowledges. I did two apiece in alertness and athletics. He gets most of his exercises in by going for walks to and from uh, his shitty apartment to school and work. And he probably does this a lot at night, so he needs to be able to you know, notice things so he doesn't get jumped or something. So that they're they're decent. I I also kind of see him like uh, using these walks as like away from his wife and the baby because like he could always just claim he's been working harder at the bar or had to stay at school and study or something. But like he likes uh, any personal time to himself because that's like something he just has, doesn't really get. I put um one a piece in brawl and dodge. Bartender probably broke up a, a bar fight once or twice before the bouncers could get in. I put three in empathy, which is, I think, his highest talent. Uh, he listens to people. They, they tend to spill his guts to him, and he empathizes with them because that's how you get a good tip to an expression. He's able to talk about his feelings, uh, get his point across fairly well. And I put two down in subterfuge, which is my take on it is after he has embraced him, basically able to not lie um, that he's doing it, but um, able to that with his abysmal manipulation, able to show that he's like towing the party line of the Sabbat and still able to, you know, make it because he doesn't really understand any of the politics that's going behind it. But he's he's a survivor. So he, he says and does what needs to be done. I'm kind of thinking that he's sometimes used as like an example is made of him quite often to keep other people in line. Skills, I put uh, one in etiquette, uh, one in melee. He's polite, but no formal training melee. Like, you know, every once in a while, you just need to hit some guy with a crowbar to get him off you. Performance, I put three in. He plays guitar, he sings. He's doing architecture because he feels that he can't really make a living as like like one of those guys who's just it's his job to be in a band or something but um every once in a while like uh he'll he'll do one of those those open mic nights it, um at the bar i mean it's he probably has to go to a different bar for it because um from what i understand it's more of a, a goth house bar that he works at yeah it's a goth club yeah yeah like he'll go to He'll go to like uh, other places and do it, and like he'll get like, oh, you should do something. You're you're actually pretty good, but he's pretty humble, and he knows he doesn't have the time to devote to this because like this is pretty much gave up his dream. Basically, do something that he's kind of good at because it pays more. Um, I put two in security, knowing the layout of like uh, bars and places where he can make a quick exit. Uh, one in stealth and one in survival. He he keeps surviving d- despite all the crap that he gets put into. As far as knowledge is, I put one in two academics. He is a college student focusing in architecture, so he's he's learned a decent bit in that. I put one into finances. He somehow made it to the point where he can afford a like shitty apartment in New York because that's no easy feat. Put two into investigations because I think it's a very useful skill to have just to it's a good catch-all skill. And one into occult because I mentioned earlier that uh he believes that he's cursed and he probably looked into, uh, you know, old books whenever they would come across them. And I personally think that a one in a cult is one of the most dangerous things you can do to a world of darkness character. Yeah, exactly. Don't botch that role. <laughs> right. All right. So let's go ahead and jump to Abigail. So Abigail, how, what was your primary, secondary and third one? And how did you spend your points? So my primary was talents, secondary skills, and tertiary knowledge because, yeah, she's a social bird. So she sometimes likes to hang out with her friends a little more than studying. So for her talents, I put three dots in alertness, two dots in athletics. She works out with a friend in the gym every once in a while. Two dots in empathy, three dots in expression, once again, person a people person one in intimidation because she does have that switch sometimes where she just snaps 
if somebody comes close in a threatening manner, she will put up that face like, don't mess with me. And two, in subterfuge, because sometimes being able to lie is kind of helpful. For her skills, I put two in drive. I can see her actually driving a motorbike or something like that. Two in etiquette, three in performance. She has a certain air about her that she has to has to keep up in crowds. So that, that takes some performance skill. And two in stealth, I can see her being quite easily lost in a crowd as well. And for her knowledges, because she is a student, she has two in academics, one in investigation. You have to crunch those books every once in a while. You have to quickly find the information you're looking for. And two in linguistics, because she is a linguistics major. Now, with linguistics, I believe there's a certain amount of languages you learn depending on the dots that you have. Have you chosen those languages, languages yet, or would that be something that you would like to think on? I haven't chosen them, but I think it would definitely, well, of course it will be English, but she, I think it's one, one, one language per dot. Yeah. I would give you two extra on top of English. I'm not going to. Yeah. So then it would be German and Spanish because Spanish is quite useful in the U S and then German from maybe uh, her background a little bit more. Okay. That's awesome. I like that. Thank you. All right, Charlie, how did you uh, break down as your primary, secondary, and I never can pronounce tertiary or third, as I like to say? Well, it fell pretty easily. I went uh, basically how the columns are there. So primary talents, secondary skills, tertiary knowledges. And I went with two dots in alertness, just because you always have to be on the lookout for cops. Then, as I like to call it, the physical package, which is two dots in athletics, three dots in brawl, two dots in dodge. Pretty self-explanatory. Then we have two dots in intimidation. I mean, that dude looks intimidating, so I feel like it makes sense. Two dots in streetwise, you know, getting drugs and all that stuff. And then skills. One point in drive, you know, driving around. Two dots in firearms for maybe some robberies and who knows. Three dots in melee, bar fights and such. One dot in security, stealing for stealing and such. And two dots in stealth. For knowledges, I took two dots in investigation. One dot in occult for like, I feel like he's been on the streets of the world of darkness so much that he might have noticed some things like out of the corner of his eye. Some things didn't really add up. I love that. Like the Cthulhu kind of like, yeah, like... The architecture, the angles are wrong, you know, kind of shit. Yeah, I like that. But in his case, it was like, better not question it, you know. And then I took two in underworld lore, which is a sabbat knowledge, which basically gives you knowledge about like criminal gangs and such, which are operating in the area. All right. So Linda, how did you lay out your primary, secondary and third? And then how did they all fall down? So I went with talents being the primary, knowledges being secondary, and skills being tertiary. So left to right, talents. She also has alertness in athletics at two. I'm seeing a theme. She has one dot in dodge, three dots in empathy. I, based on how I've been describing her, I'm, I might need to take the dots in expression away, but I've put two dots there, one in intimidation, one in leadership, and then one in subterfuge. So I don't know, kind of based off of everything that I've described her so far, like, does that sound fairly reasonable? Yeah, yeah. I can even counter like your doubt about expression and the fact that communication is not the only form of expression. Like maybe true. you can express with your emotions or you can, you know what I mean? Express with your actions or I, I, I mean, but if you want to take those out of there, I, I totally understand that too it makes sense but i other guys expression more like you know sometimes people can convey by their actions or the way they look or their body language can express something too especially i think we've all yes yeah, on a bob style they just like said in the chat there you know but if you, if you choose not to i totally get that too <laughs> you know i don't expect your character to be silent bob i know she's going to communicate and talk and everything i just know right. that she has a hard time articulating like she used to yeah so. no and when you said like the nonverbal cues that totally makes sense so yep i'll leave, i'll leave that as is um and then skills I put one dot in drive. She probably didn't grow up in New York to uh, justify that, as she probably doesn't drive around New York. Two dots in etiquette and two dots in performance, with the performance being more public speaking. Um, Maybe she's gone to conventions, but that's not the right word for... Yeah. um, I don't think it is, but... 
I think you guys understand what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, like gatherings of conference. Conference. There you go. Yes. Thank you. You've ro- you've you successfully rolled your expression right there. And <laughs> See, yes. I'm already I'm already fitting in the character a little bit. There you go. Well, awesome. <laughs> and then knowledges, she has three in academics, makes again high degrees, probably has a master's at this point. One in law, because with that sort of thing, like she needs to at least know the rights of her clients and that sort of stuff. Three dots in medicine, but not the, like, I can, like, reading in the book, that would be a general practitioner. So it's, you know, whatever the equivalent for the counselor route for that. Okay. Politics one, and then science one. Awesome. I love this. That's great. All right. So Jenny, tell us about what you chose as your primary, secondary, and third, and how they cascaded down for you. All right, I went down the line. Primary would be talents, secondary skills, tertiary knowledges. For talents, I put three in alertness and three in athletics. I figure that given what she was initially majoring in, sports medicine, and particularly being a softball player, that's more of the the skill set that I feel she'd have. I put two in dodge for the same reason. One in empathy two in intimidation, and I put one point each in leadership and subterfuge. Leadership, I figure, when you have two kids, you kind of have to know where to point people, how to get things together, and subterfuge, you know, you have to hide the chocolate in the broccoli bag in the freezer, so she's got that going. As far as skills, I put three in crafts, one in drive, because we got to get the minivan around, one in etiquette, uh, one in melee, because you got to throw a flip-flop once in a while, two in stealth, and one in survival. As far as knowledges, I put two in investigation, one in linguistics, because she's a Chinese-American, so I figure her secondary language is Mandarin, and two in occult. Awesome. I like that. That's that's. Great stuff. So next, you don't get backgrounds in Sabat games unless you spend freebie points. So I would remind you all when we get to the freebie points section, if you want to think of generation, that's a critical background there if you want to raise your generation up. But as of now, you don't get backgrounds in the Sabat character unless you spend freebie points. Virtue. So I, for the longest time, thought we did virtues wrong in wars i thought you weren't supposed to get automatic one dots and virtues if you played a sabbat member but you do so it's the same as a normal character so what we're going to do for virtues is next you're going to spend virtues you have one dot automatically in all three of them but you're going to spend five so go ahead and do that and let me know when you're done so we're just gonna go through it again all right so jake how did you lay down your virtues well I kind of feel that Jake is still kind of soft-hearted and very much in touch with his humanity. So I spent three of my five dots into conscience to give him a total of four. I also don't see him as being particularly courageous um, or having self-control. So I only put one apiece in those. And I, I want to explain this. He doesn't really want to be a fighter for the cause. However, he has a a very low self-control and i also plan to give him guilt wrecked so the 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 idea of him frenzying quite often and just going like ape shit on whatever his pack points him at is something that i can see him actually excelling at especially once um, we get around to explaining which disciplines we chose i see that like the fact that he's able to be just pointed at something and you know rip the cord and let the top spin and watch it crash and everything else. I see that as a big way to like justify him just staying around with the pack, why they keep him around. Awesome. Awesome. I like that. Good stuff. So Abigail, how did you lay down your virtues? I see Abigail as a bit more middle ground. So I put her, her, I put Three dots in conviction, three dots in self-control, and two dots in courage. She's not super courageous, but she has she has embraced her new life within these years. And an interesting new life it's going to be because, like, when your clan flaw is brought up, it's going to like lay this all like down. Like, ah! and, like you scare me, Abigail. That's all I got to say. It's like you know, sometimes you just need a lie. <laughs> like, all right. So, Charlie, how did yours? How did your virtues work out? Uh, interestingly, <laughs> I have one dot in conscience, two dots in self-control, and five dots in courage. 
oh, you're a courageous little guy. I mean, big guy or whatever. <laughs> you're a courageous guy. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. So Linda, how did your virtues come about? Linda has four dots in conscience, two dots in self-control, and two dots in courage. Yeah, that's how I figured would lay out. Yeah, especially the conscious part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird. You can already see these like lines being drawn in the pack, these weird like connections before the Valder even happens. You know, it's it's really that's the kind of awesomeness of group sessions like this in some games. All right. So Jenny, how did your virtues play out? I have her set on three dots for conscience and conviction, two for self-control and instinct, since I figure due to her addictive personality, control is not her best attribute. And I have her for three in courage. Awesome. Awesome. I like that. Okay, good stuff. So you guys have that annotated. Now here's the part where everyone in Vampire likes. No, it's disciplines. So you all, since you're not pesky little humanity-ridden, well, you're still humanity-ridden, but you're not Camarilla vampires, do you get to use four dots and disciplines instead of three? Now, of course, the four dots are limited to your clan disciplines, unless you are Mr. Jake, who gets to learn any three clans that he wishes. Now, I trust your judgment, and we'll talk when you tell me what your three disciplines are, but uh, from there, we'll take it. So go ahead, think on your four disciplines, dots you would like to spend. Let's go first, Jake. So Jake, tell us what, because do for everyone listening, Jake is a pander, so he gets to choose any of the disciplines and put four dots into them. So what did Jake choose? So I I went for, like, I'm totally a mudblood here. My, my thoughts were that he probably will get kicked around quite a bit. So a lot of his are learned from a survival instinct being one in fortitude, one obfuscate, because Sometimes you just need to either hide or take a beating, especially as like like a pack whip, whipping boy. Presence because like, well, I got a giant performance and it'd be a shame to actually have that go to waste. I, I, I'm a big fan of awe, especially in Sabat games. Love you, Jasper. Um, yeah, I was about to say, Pete, Jasper riots go. Yeah. And um, I put one into protein as well because I just think it'd be crazy to see this guy who's finally lost at frenzied and now he's running at you with uh, red eyes trying to just see you better. And who knows, it might, might, might be claws depending on how much points I have left. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, uh, that's oh god, that's that's scary shit. <laughs> like a self conscious guy with claws that can murder you, you know, and like one one swipe. Abigail, what? How did you uh, spend your discipline points? I spend them by putting three in, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce this word: chemistry, and one in animalism. Awesome, awesome, and I, that chemistry. That's how I like. I mean, who cares? There's this like that's different the illusion ways. stuff. So People, basically, yeah, yeah. I can make. As long as I suffer through them as well, I can make people see moving illusions that tickle all five senses. That's insane. That's even stronger than Coyote had with his shit, man. That's insane. So next, Charlie, how did you spend your discipline points? Charlie spread his discipline points between two disciplines, potence and celerity. Three dots in potence <laughs> and one point in celerity. <laughs> po- po- polarity. That's, 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 it's just call for what it is. <laughs> Linda, how did you spend your discipline points? I split mine between two aspects and dementation. Two and two. I like on one hand, I kind of wanted obfuscate, but I'm like, there's nothing sneaky about my character and aspects and dementation. Like they just fit her so well. Oh. I want them to be higher. <laughs> Favorite favorite discipline in Vampire the Masquerade is Auspects Level 2 for me. I love Aura Perception. Aura Perception, I think, is such a... Uh, if you get good enough successes, it's such an awesome thing to do. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about Monica. What are your, what are your disciplines? How did you spend your points? Well, I went for the obvious two in Vicissitude because we need to be able to alter that muscle and fat. One point in Animalism for the Feral Whispers and one in Auspects. I figured as a mom, you already have heightened hearing. Why not make it a thing? So those are my four points. All right. So then next we are going to do willpower. Your character's willpower is equal to his courage rating. So make sure you put your willpower in. Then you have your humanity. And you add your two, which is going to be conscious and self-control. And that is your humanity. So make sure to fill that in. Next is freebies. So how freebies work is you have 15 points that you can spend on freebies. You can find the freebie chart in the revised book on page 
104. Now here's the thing. A couple of things I want to point out. One is you can also, you're going to also do merits and flaws. You can do seven points in merits and you can do a max of seven points in flaws. So um, you, you can't take like 30 points in flaws and just like max your character out. Also, when you are spending your freebie, some things I would consider because people tend to forget them. Generation, that's something that you might want to consider. Willpower, that's something that you also might want to consider. Now, I'm not saying throw all your points into that shit. I'm just saying just keep those in mind because sometimes, and again, you don't have to, but skills that may coincide with your disciplines that you may need to raise or lower, you know, depending on that, you know, if you want to, or just things you want to do. So you do you, if you have a background other than generation that you want to spend it on, please ask me and I'll give you the thumbs up. Yay or nay on that. So, uh, until then you guys go ahead and spend your freebies, get your merits and flaws. If you got questions on anything about that, just let me know. Once you are completely done, let me know in the chat box and we'll take it from there. I do have a question. Oh yes. Uh... Ask away. One part of it was that there's going to be two important NPCs that sort of are tied to the story, right? The Ductus and the Pack Priest. What were their clans? Very good question. Uh, Their clans were Lazombra. Okay, so would you be all right if I took, with my freebies, Optimbration? Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind. That would make sense to me that they taught it to you because we'll get on to the story, but you guys yeah. were definitely... You also get the blood through the Valdery, so... Yeah, that's... you guys were a close pack, so I wouldn't mind if you did that either, so... All right, so Jake, what did you spend your specialty points or your freebie points on? Uh, well, off the bat, I went and grabbed that second dot of Protean, so now there's a screaming red-eyed guy with giant claws who doesn't know how to use them running at you when he actually um, freaks out. I also spent a little bit on my virtues since as Sabat were a bit handicapped on that and raised my self-control up to three now. I'm going to just jump down to my merits and flaws real quick. I thought as a bartender, it'd be nice for him to have a friendly face. So it might make interactions with people, at least at first, um, a little bit easier because like, who knows what the rest of these monsters are going to be doing. So if I have to break the ice, that might be useful. I also decided to torture the hell out of this guy. Uh, I gave him both uh, guilt-wrecked and addiction to alcohol. Guilt-wrecked because he does not... uh, He he really wishes that he didn't have to do this eating people thing to survive. And he feels terrible every time he has to do it. And then he just goes and, you know, kind of drinks to forget that he had to do that. And just so he doesn't uh, vomit up that alcohol afterwards, I gave him the eat food merit. I'm going to jump back up um, and finish the rest of my sheet. I put a few points into willpower. So now he's at willpower five, which is a lot better. I gave him a extra dot in strength. And now his performance is at four with a specialty in singing. All right, Abigail. So what did you spend your freebie points on? I spent a couple dots to up my generation to two. And then I dumped another couple to get my willpower to three. So willpower is a nice thing to have. I put one point in fortitude because I didn't have that yet. Uh, and I dropped the remaining two points that I could spend in animal can for one point. So awesome. Use my animalism. Awesome. All right. So Charlie, tell us about how you spent your freebie points. I did take the optimization and I took two flaws. I took 14th generation. And I took fangless. Charlie doesn't have fangs. Oh my God. Which Jesus. is a brutal flaw. Dude, brutal. Then I spent three freebies on willpower, which puts me at a total willpower of eight. Two freebie points for one point of brawl, which puts me at four brawl. The specialty I took is frenzy. Five points for stamina. So I'm a stamina four. And... I forgot to put specialty there, and I'll just put withstanding punishment. And then two freebies for one point of stealth. Awesome. All right, Linda, so how did you spend your freebie points? All right, so I did an extra dot in humanity, uh, so I went from six to seven. I upped my willpower to a total of five, spending three on that. I moved my empathy from three to four. And I took deep motivations as a specialty for that. I decided to go with two Dawson generations. So she's the 11th generation. And for the final thing, I did Dementation level three. Nice. That's so cool. I was so excited. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like it. No, I like, yeah, that's awesome. That's good stuff. I, I, I'm, I don't even know what Demitation 3 does, but I like hearing that you're taking Empathy of 4. That got me super excited. I was like, oh, she's raising her humanity. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, dude. That means yeah. I can make it fall even more. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, well, I mean, that's yeah. probably what's going to end yeah. up happening. No, but if it's a character. Uh, I do have a question. Do you want me to do her derangement now or wait for that? until later let's talk about now you can say her derangement okay. now i'm going to save abigail's for when we do the narration but go ahead i gotta i gotta pronounce it correctly she has this schizotypal derangement which i think it's not in one of the main books but it fit really well and it's it's very interesting there's to kind of describe it for the rest of the group there's a list of nine conditions in which a skype a skypatozal person has to have five of those and the the things that you guys will most likely notice with her is um, things of ideas of reference like she thinks that the universe is telling her certain stuff she has this is going to sound weird given we're playing vampire but she has strange and magical beliefs because of this again so with that one kind of think luna lovegood from harry potter like she had um she was obviously part of the magical world but there was like this extra level of stuff she's gonna have things like depression paranoia social anxiety and abnormal perception experiences so that just kind of gives you guys a clue on to how interesting she's going to be yeah, it'll be interesting to play out for sure. Like, I know you did a bunch of research on different things because the book is very limited on like believable derangements when it comes to Melkavian. They're kind of cookie cutter, I feel. At least this edition, I don't know. I can't attest to future editions, you know? So I like that a lot. So awesome. All right. So Jenny, tell us about how you spent your freebie points. I put some points into skills. So I have added, I used four points to put additional two dots into crafts, bringing it up to five. Choosing the specialty inventive, I figure, again, as a mom, (laughs) you got to take, you got to take crap and pull a miracle out of it. I did choose another, uh, take another four points to put two dots in um, animal ken. I added three willpower, which brings me to a total of six. I took a point um, for a merit, which I chose to be cat-like balances for things like walking on ledges, tight fits, you know, things like that. And um, I used three points to bring my generation to 10th generation. Awesome. Awesome. So we have that all laid out. Now, one final step is the best part of a Sabat game, I feel, is the viniculum, where everyone gets to roll their relationship types. Now, again, it's so funny how I misremember stuff. I thought it was what you rolled plus one is your viniculum rating, but it's just what you roll is your viniculum rating. So what I'm going to do, what you'll do is, Jake, we're going to have you go first. You'll roll for Abigail, Charlie, Linda, then Jenny, then we'll have Abigail do it. And I'll tell you who you're rolling for, and you'll write that down. That's also a nice thing to think about between you know this creation session and our first session is about your relationship with one another. Just because you roll a one for someone doesn't mean you dislike them, by the way. It just means you don't have that strong bond. There's actually a really, really good chart that explains the viniculum. Now, I'm not going to read off the, you know what I mean? Exactly what everyone scored for the Valdery. Uh, but if you look on, on page 155, you'll see that that, that kind of give you an idea once you roll it. But obviously the lower is not as good. The higher is the best. And, you know, that's how you get it from there. So, all right. So let's go ahead, Jake, and have you go first. I'm going to have you roll for Abigail. What is your relationship like with Abigail? Go ahead and roll it out. For Abigail, I rolled a three. Okay, awesome. Let's go ahead and have you roll for Charlie next. For Charlie, we have... A six. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. All right. And then for Linda? We really like Linda at an eight. I, I think it's cool because you're that tortured person. You know what I mean? And you're looking for like the person. Seeking out the therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, then you're going to roll for Jenny next. Go ahead. Jenny's a 10. Oh, God. Because Jenny reminds you of the guilt that you feel about what you put your wife through. And you see now like this reminder. God, fucking I love vampires. Sometimes. Yeah, we, we were, we we're talking in the chat all basically Jenny's backstory like really mirrored that of Jake's wife gave up her career and everything to follow Jake to New York so he can go to school to become an architect because uh, it was his dream and just stayed home with the with the kid and just yeah no it's perfect awesome all right so Abigail we are going to have you roll first for Jake for Jake I rolled a five. Oh, okay that's good all right uh, next is Charlie Charlie is an eight Ooh, interesting. Maybe your fun-loving 
personality going out, you know, doing whatever. And especially when yeah. you find out what your flaws. <laughs> then, Maybe. Yeah. And then uh, next is Linda. Ooh, a two. Ooh, she doesn't like to be told. No, I'm joking. I was about to say she doesn't like to be told she's wrong, but Linda's not like that. You know what I mean? And then next is Jenny. A nine. Ooh, Jenny's, oh, is Jenny the new Jasper? That's all I'm asking. Is Jenny the new Jasper? <laughs> all right. So next, let's have Charlie roll. Charlie, you're going to roll for Jake first. All right, Jakey boy. Let's see what we have here. It's a three. Oh, I, I thought that was going to be a tight bond. They're not really. Next is Abigail. It's a six. All right. That's pretty good. Next is Linda. That's a 10. Oh, dang. All these people are seeking the Linda like she's the healer. Another tortured soul is seeking out the therapist. Uh, next is Jenny. Jenny is five. All right. All right. Interesting. All right, Linda. So many people depending on you. Let's see how you feel about these people. Jake, go All ahead right. and roll Jake first. Jake is a 10. Oh, my God. That's going to be such an interesting cause. Oh, man. This is kind of what I was hoping for your character when we were talking about it. Like, now it's going to thrust it upon, you know, like this counselor, you know what I mean? Like, weird mm-hmm. figure. Uh, okay, go ahead and roll. I'll laugh as all tens. All right, next is Abigail. Abigail's a six. That's pretty good, too, though. All right, next is yeah. Charlie. <laughs> Two. Oh, Jesus. Returning that. Quite the, the difference there. You're beyond help, sir. I can't help you. I'm going to refer you to a different I counselor. Mean, I yeah, as as... Slavic was describing Charlie. I'm like, that could be really off-putting for Linda because she's so like she cares so much about people. So either him just from her perspective, him hating himself so much that he has those destructive behaviors yeah. makes could make it difficult. I, I mean, so. y- you guys can solve a relationship too. You know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely, yeah, definitely for sure. And then uh, Jenny. Okay, feeling pretty cold on Jenny as well. What did you get for the Jenny? Two. I two? got a two. Okay. Well, you got your pet project. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the sad boy, <laughs> the sad boy pander, you know? All right. So next, let's go ahead, Jenny. Okay. We're going to have you roll and you're going to roll for Jake first. Got a nine for my boy, Jake. Oh, shit. He got high for you, I believe too, right? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Then next is Abigail. Got a five for Abigail. Okay. Awesome. Next is Charlie. No, oh. I got a two for Charlie. Oh, geez, dang. Oh, I was hoping we'd be kindred addict souls. Oh, then next and is Linda. For Linda, I also got a two. I guess Linda dang. and I just don't like each other. So I'm noticing a trend where people like fucking uh, Jake. You know what I mean? They feel bad for Jake and they like the two the two guys who lost their path, like are trying to get Linda to help fix them. You know what I mean? So that's an interesting concept for sure. So really like that. Hello, if you're enjoying Vampire the Masquerade, Twin Seas by Night Sorrow, I would highly recommend our Ghoul's Fatal Addiction story, Servitude, which takes place three months before the events of Sorrow and is part of the Twin Seas by Night continuity. 